Big D Entertainment, in association with Dipsy Doodle Productions, presents the Dave Holly Hour. Brought to you by the Sky Lounge and Tea, XL Chiropractic, Quality Nails, Ale Hop Brewery Tours, and Jesse Moffat Entertainment. The Dave Holly Hour features Sioux Empire Arts and Entertainment Conversations and has been recognized by the Sioux Falls Stage Awards with a special distinction for promoting the arts. A true lover of arts, entertainment, good food, and fun times, including an occasional Jack Daniels. Okay, so a few Jack Daniels. Here he is, Dave Holly. Welcome, everyone. So great to have you listening in on Arts and Entertainment Conversations from the Sioux Empire. Later in the show, we'll be talking with actor and improver Chris Andrews. Coming up in a few minutes, we'll be talking with director Brian Shipper from the Mighty Corson Arts Players as their production of The Psychic runs this weekend and next. You'll hear the dates and times. We neglected to mention how to get tickets. You may buy online at www.mightycorson.com slash box office. So again, www.mightycorson, M-I-G-H-T-Y-C-O-R-S-O-N dot com slash box office. Or call 605-582-2771. Again, that number is 605-582-2771. I will mention that info again at the end of the show as well. Now, as far as this week's show, I really would like to have been able to use the uh, the Jacksons and ABC Easy as one, two, three. But that would be violating copyright. Nothing to say, though, that I can't whistle it, right? Because this is episode number 123. Let's pop a cork to that. Time to grab your favorite beverage, lift it high, and toast it to being Thursday, a.k.a. Weekend Eve. Hey, the weekend isn't around the corner. It's here. So long, hump day in your frumpy way. We say hello to Thursdays with opening nights. The weekend is near, and we can see the bright lights. Yes, Thursday, you're so hearty. We can't wait for Friday, so a day early, we start the party. Oh, what a party it was on stage over the weekend down at the Orpheum. Yeah, whatever you toast with, lift it high. And toast to standing ovations. The wife and I saw Matilda the Musical put on by the Dakota Academy of Performing Arts with the help of a handful of adult actors. Now, this was a full-scale production for all those kids, and it was truly fantastic. And I just kept thinking to myself all through it, gee, I hope they get a well-deserved standing ovation. Well, it wasn't the longest ovation I've ever experienced at the Orpheum, but it was definitely the loudest as that place was packed. I tell you, you know, siblings, moms and dads, grandparents, they all just had to be beaming with the job that each and every one of those kids did. And I've had a standing ovation one time in my life. It is thrilling when it happens. And imagine these kids have already earned it. So well done by Dakota Academy of Performing Arts, DAPA, 
Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for providing that to the community. The Weekend Eve Toast has been brought to you by Ale Hop Brewery Tours. No matter what brewery in Sioux Falls is your favorite, Ale Hop Brewery Tours will let you and your friends choose any or all of the local breweries. The best part, they take care of the driving. Yeah, uh, it's a very, very cool van that sits up to six, so you can book a private tour online, alehopbrewerytours.com. If you're already out and about on a weekend, though, hop on one of their public tours. For more info, call 605-777-2183. That is 605-777-2183. Ale Hop Brewery Tours, where micro-fans meet micro-brews. All right, so each week something makes me smile, giggle, guffaw, or I just go, wow. And I want to mention it. Well, this is an interesting one. Uh, many of you know that uh, Miss Carrie's, my wife Carrie, works at Excel Chiropractic, which happens to be one of the show sponsors. Uh, they have been since the very beginning. There's a client that they have from, I think it's Brainerd, Minnesota, that listens to this show. Here's the story. So uh, at the front desk, my wife has uh, several of my Dave Holly Hour pens for writing their names and registering and so forth. And uh, this guy apparently works like 10 days in Sioux Falls and he's 10 days back in Brainerd. And he has to get up very, very early to travel from there to here. And when he does, he doesn't listen to music because he says that would make him fall asleep at the wheel. So he listens to podcasts. And one time he just decided to Google local podcasts for Sioux Falls found mine and has been listening to it so as he's starting to write he looks at the pen he goes dave and he tells my wife he says carrie this is so weird i just listened to this i've been listening to it for a long time she says well that's funny because that's my husband (laughs) i hope to get to meet the man sometime when he's in town and I'll buy him a cup of coffee. <laughs> so thank you. What a fun story. What a, a great way to put a smile on my face. That is for sure. All right. Coming up later in the show, actor and comedy improver Chris Andrews. Up next, it's Mighty Corson Arts Players director Brian Shipper. On the Dave Holly Hour. Dr. Perry Langston and Dr. Corey Tooney know excellence is in you. That's why they provide you with excellent care at Excel Chiropractic, improving your overall health in spirit, body, mind, and will. Get results the natural way. Arrange a consultation, 605-332-9235 or exocairos.com. Excellent care for excellent people. Excel Chiropractic, located at 4309 South Racket Drive in Sioux Falls. Sure, they have darts, and you've heard me talk about how ruggedly handsome the trivia host is, but all caps fun never stops at the Sky Lounge and Tea. And fun is best had with your friends enjoying live entertainment, as in live and local. Yeah, the Sky Lounge believes in giving you the best bands, solo artists, and comedians from the area. The Neo Johnsons, Elizabeth Hunstead, Skylar Volks, as well as many others. And a great staff will make sure you enjoy your fun at the Sky Lounge in T-South Dakota.
With him, every day is a holiday. Once again, here is Dave Holly. Welcome back, everybody. You know what I'm going to say. In fact, this guest will even use it in his uh, social media. Brian Shipper is the man that knows that I always say, it's always a pleasure. Brian Shipper, how are you? I'm good, good. How Glad are you? to have you along. I'm doing very well. Good. Uh, just so happens that uh, there was a cancellation, and it uh, was a situation where I start going through the phone and taking a look at uh, everybody that's a possibility. And I'm sitting there thinking, okay, now I know Brian's got a rehearsal tonight that he has to be to at Mighty Corson Arts Players. He's got to get from point A to point B. And I've got a nice little stretch of about an hour and a half or so, maybe even two hours, yeah, yeah. that could fit in before you make your way to Corson to the Great Theater. So I'm glad it worked out so we can talk about the new production, Psychic. Me too. I'm so glad. It's always a pleasure to be able to hang out and talk with you. And um, not saying that I intentionally caused that cancellation just to get a chance to say hi. But Yeah. Um, it worked out well. It did. You know, I, I've been very fortunate that, you know, I, I have this long list of people mm. that still haven't been on the show. And then there's those that are active in something right now that we really need to talk about. Yeah, yeah. So I would have mentioned it anyway, uh, because if I'm not mistaken, we're going on Sunday and uh, looking forward to it very much. So first of all, tell us. Uh, when the show takes place, because sure. I know you're in tech rehearsals this week, correct? We are, yep. So we open Friday, April 1st, um, and run April 1st and 2nd at 7.30 p.m., mm -hmm. and then April 3rd at 2.30, and then the following weekend, uh, I believe that's the 8th and 9th, Friday, Saturday, at 7.30, and then wrap it up with a Sunday matinee on the 10th at 2.30 as well. All right, so tell us about Psychic. Sure. What is this play? Yeah, uh, this play is about an unemployed writer who throws up a psychic readings $25 sign in the window of his apartment because he needs to make rent and thinks he can bluff his way through it and then accidentally gets himself involved in the madcap capers of ever-increasingly hilarious murderous situations. <laughs> Murderous yes. situations. Hilariously okay. murderous situations. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, those aren't the two words that get combined too often. No, no, no. But yeah. when they do, it's it, a good it, time. It's hilarity. We like it. It's always a fun show over yeah, yeah. at the course. And, uh, tell us uh, about the the, uh, the great people that you have in the cast on this Oh, one. I am so lucky. I'm the idiot in the room, honestly, in these rehearsals. And it's so much fun to I be I doubt that. that. But if, if that, <laughs> those, you, you can have your choice of words. Yep, yep. So uh, our ensemble, we have um, uh, Ryan Howe, who plays Adam Webster, the mm -hmm. writer. Uh, fantastic guy. Fresh who, off the one-man show. Fresh off the one-man show. Uh, we have uh, Emily Wilson returning for her second consecutive show here at Mighty Corson Art Players. Uh, we have David Bowe, who's making his first appearance out here with okay. us. Uh, Tyler Johnson is coming back. He was in Murder in the Orient Express, and he's just such a delight as well. Uh, Mike Richards, who played Detective Poirot, mm -hmm. is coincidentally playing another detective uh <laughs> typecast <laughs> in the show maybe a little bit uh and then and then macy lupica uh who was involved in murder on the orient express and our winter show sleeping indoors mm -hmm. 
is gleefully rounding out the trifecta of our season uh, back in the show as well. Excellent. Yeah. 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 And, you know, a couple of those that you mentioned, uh, Emily Wilson, um, I have the favor of knowing well and uh, just an incredible person. Uh, and an incredible actor as well. Absolutely. And uh, it seems to me, if I recall correctly, because I've, I've hung around the Bo family a little bit, David and I were characters in a, uh, a, a nice paid gig. Um, I can't remember what he played, but I played Miss Piggy. Oh, wow. Yes. Uh, and uh, that's been, wow. I don't know how many years ago, but <laughs> it was a fun time anyway. But, uh, you know, the, the Bow family uh, is uh, very involved in theater, as most theater buffs around this area would know. Absolutely. Uh, with the John being the uh, artistic director uh, at uh, Old Town mm -hmm. down in Worthing. And I know that the two of you have helped out each other quite often. Yeah, yeah. He's a heck of a guy, too. So it was really nice to be able to meet and work with David now for the first time. So, And I'll ask him about his time working with you. I'm sure I'll get a, a 10 to 15-minute story out of it for sure. Yeah, I, I, I will tell you who it was for after we're finished so that I okay. don't uh, give a free plug to uh, somebody and so forth. But uh, it was a fun time <laughs> and it included a nice limo ride. So that was good. That's yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> See, that's the way that people should show up. Sure. Right. Well, yeah. where was mine? I had to drive here for this interview. Dave. I know. Well, somehow you made it uh, from your work, which is uh, about, what, three quarters of a mile from here, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll give it that. Uh, maybe even only a half mile. Um, but in city traffic, you made it in four minutes. Uh, less than. Less, less than. than. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, see, now you're bragging. Uh, maybe. <laughs> Humble brag. Oh. Yeah. Uh, by the way, we should mention, however, though, to give a free plug, that we are... Here at the R Wine Bar uh, recording, as we quite often do now on Mondays. But this is the first time that you have been here for a recording with me. Because typically, yeah. uh, because of your schedules and rehearsals, I usually hop over to the theater in Corson and sit down with you and maybe even sometimes some cast members. Exactly, which I'm super thankful for. Yeah, but well, also, it was nice to be able to... Take a little diversion? Well, cheers to you. Cheers to you. Yeah, and uh, I know that normally you... Uh, we've, we've had some beers together and so forth. And... <laughs> All right, but uh, we have a lot of fun on the way, and uh, Psychic is a, a great show that uh, everyone is looking forward to. You mentioned uh, the uh, cast, and uh, so it's, it's always nice when you start recognizing names. When the average theatergoer then goes into a show and says, oh, yeah, I remember that person in such and such. Yeah. That, that's comforting, isn't it? A little bit, yeah, a little bit. But, but by the same time, that doesn't mean you don't want new people coming to uh, try out an audition. Exactly, exactly. And this season's been, uh, you know, the pendulum swing from one to the other. You know, Murder on the Orient Express was a 10-person cast, and I ended up casting nine people that I'd never worked with before. Yeah. And, you know, this show now is six people, and I've worked with uh, five of them, but that's just you know, how it shakes out and how it how it works out. And it's it's nice to get that swing from one to mm -hmm. the other um, and really just meet new people and then deepen the connection that you have with the ones who are regularly turning out as well. Well, I know uh, this particular show, at least, you've done maybe even a skosh more uh, social media than you typically have. Yeah. In, yeah. in promoting it, uh, letting people know about each actor and so forth. Um, and from the words that I've picked up from what you've written, it seems like, and it, this happens almost every cast, that they've become family. 
and they really know how to play off each other. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, so much of what felt really, really great in sitting down and casting the show after auditions was being able to see how everybody interacted with each other. And, you know, it, it's not just about who can fit the character best, but it's also about, you know, team building. These people mm-hmm. are going to be working with each other 15 hours a week after a full day at work. Right. So they've, you know, that ability to get along and make a safe space where everybody feels like they can participate and take risks and be supported by everybody else. That's such an important thing. And it, it, it's amazing when it works out like that. Uh, and this is one of those shows that's been, uh, a delight from beginning to now almost the end, which I don't even really want to say. (laughs) (laughs) What is it like for you then, as you're doing the casting? Uh, one, let's use that point about you know you have to look to see who's going to interact well with each other and so forth. Um, have you changed your mind ever as you're going through auditions and you thought uh, you know person A was going to play part B, and then uh, person C in the auditions comes through and blows you away, and you said no, they got to be part B. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and uh, you. You tend to get a sense of it when you're reading the room initially, uh, and it's just one of those director radar skills that develop. Uh, but more often than not, you've got you've to really let go of those entrenched thoughts because sometimes somebody's just going to step up and come out of nowhere and surprise you and run miles and miles away from everybody else on a particular reading, or they'll make a choice or be super confident or bring something utterly unexpected and then you look at it and you say I would have never in a million years thought that would work but holy cow I can't (laughs) picture it a different way and that's uh, that's part of the joy of working with and having these connections with so many great artists because Every actor is an artist unto themselves. And when you step back and trust them to work collaboratively with you and allow them to surprise you and show you new things, uh, things only get better and better and better and better. You took one of the shows off this year from directing. I did. Yeah. I did. But you also added, uh, you had the uh, one-man shows. Yeah. Yep. So after... After our COVID year, where we ended up being in rehearsal for 15 months straight for three shows because we had to keep just canceling mm-hmm. and rescheduling and doing that, as we approached this year, this season, uh, I needed to build in a time for me to rest and recharge uh, my batteries a little bit. So I had every intention of, of only doing the fall show and the spring show this year and having that be it. Um, and Sarah did a magnificent job stepping in and directing the winter show and somehow accidentally two weeks into my time off from doing that, I agreed to direct two one man shows the next month. So, uh, (laughs) maybe I didn't necessarily learn my lesson, but, um, it worked out. All right. So how many directorial credits do you have now with psychic? Uh, with the psychic, it's going to be. my 31st 31st play that I've directed um, and then I've acted and designed and done and stage managed 
other shows that don't count in that. But for directing, this is number 31. So what's the difference between Brian Shipper, director, show one, Brian Shipper, director, show 31? Oh, so, so much. Um, one, I'm far more aware of my own limitations, but less scared of them. You know, mm-hmm. they're, uh, they become things to rise above rather than things to run away from. Um, and I think when I directed 39 steps a couple years ago, uh, especially thanks to my two heavies, Dave Bakke and Chris Andrews, uh, that was a big turning point in my ability to learn how to trust actors. That's another thing, um, that's way different now than before. Uh, I'm a lot more comfortable stepping back and saying, show me something, you know, trust your instincts and show me and then we'll talk about it uh, rather than feeling like I need to be the one with all of the answers all the time about everything. Uh, So I'm a lot more collaborative, I hope. Um, We may have when this episode comes out, all of my actors come back and comment, no, he's lying through (laughs) his teeth, but we'll see. We'll see. All right. And did you mean the Chris Andrews? Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, because he's uh, coming up later on the show this is week. He? Yes. Is he? Yeah. Wonderful <laughs> he, man. He follows you. You're opening for him. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, hopefully, Chris, this is a really nice segue into whatever you're going to talk about. Yeah, well, we'll get to know Chris a little bit more, talk about <laughs> uh, his uh, dramatic role of Lombardi that he just finished, uh, yes. but then also talk about the fact that um, I believe there's some improv that he'll be in uh, in the next few weeks as well. Absolutely. But, uh, so... When you talk about the collaboration, um, you know, for, for those that haven't ever been in a, a stage production and you have a director and uh, at the end of rehearsal, the director has notes. So with your being more collaborative, not being as afraid of uh, any shortcomings that you had, but yeah. I, I loved how you phrased that about, you know, going beyond them instead of running away from them. Have the notes lessened? Or are they, you don't have to necessarily write them down so much because it's going to be right there. Oh, no, 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 Uh, they don't lessen. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, actors. Um, They, uh, they don't lessen and I keep writing them down. They just, uh, the, the nature of them changes a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, directors don't start out just rehearsing and then I'll give you notes at the end. The bulk of the time is actually spent, um, Correcting during the rehearsal. Right, right. Drilling down and, and and stopping and reworking. And a lot of that now happens less from me saying, hey, you do this now, and more um, exploring it with the actors and saying, what happens if we either change this motivation or, you know, if can we experiment with the timing of your cross or, hey, just plain show me something different. And it gets to be a lot more of a give and tape and a collaborative um, process in order to find that. Still, you know, as the director, it's in the name, so whatever I say ultimately goes. But, um, you know, allowing that feedback and allowing that ability to play throughout all of that. And then when it does get to the time to sit down and give notes, like I'll be doing uh, this week, it ends up being a lot more just, now we're here, 
we need to get consistent for the audiences. So when I get down to actually like handwritten notes that we go over at the end of rehearsal, then it's a lot more just reinforcing consistency than it is discovery. Yeah. Do you have good handwriting? Oh, it's awful. See, mine is too. I wouldn't yeah. be able to go. What, did I, what yeah. was I thinking? Sure, sure. <laughs> no, uh, two or three times every day I look at my notes and it's either something half written or something scribbled out and I call out the name of the actor and read as much of it as I get. And then I say, <laughs> I don't know. I don't have anything beyond this. I can't read it. What made you want to be a director? Um, Ooh, good question. Um, I get in one per show. <laughs> no, uh, I wanted to be a director because I get, I get so nervous acting. I get so nervous acting. And I, you know, coming through high school and into college and discovering, you know, theater art, I mean, acting is, your, is the gateway drug, right? Right. But then I ended up gravitating towards uh, tech, design, and building mm -hmm. and stuff because through high school... Um, uh, I had a dear friend of mine, Scott Dietering, who was two inches taller and 10 pounds lighter than me. So, you know, but still, you know, sandy blonde, blue eyes. And so it's like, oh, I'm always going to be an extra or I'll learn something else. And so I started being a bit more interdisciplinary and found, um, you know, occasionally acting here and there is fine. It's good to do that every once in a while. So I remember what I put my actors through. Um, but then... Uh, you know, you hit design and that was fun and I hit stage management and that bit of control was really great. And I had good professors in college that recognized that I wanted to do something more and, uh, gave me, I was the first student at Concordia St. Paul to direct a regular season main oh, stage wow. show, uh, which was a thrilling experience. And it, that just sort of set me on a path of, you know, if I can have my design team be the same people who are grading my papers and I'm still relatively confident in doing this, maybe I should keep doing it. And I, I did. Awesome. We're thankful that you did, too. <laughs> At what point in the rehearsals and so forth, is there a, a, something that happens that makes you go, yeah, we got ourselves a show? Uh, yes. Yep, there is. Uh, and that actually happened last Wednesday, okay. uh, which was great. There was just all of, all of my actors for this show, you know, they're, everything clicked. You get passed off book and you start just rehearsing, rehearsing. And once they hit that level of comfort, uh, I turned to them afterwards and I said, things fell into place. It feels entirely different than it did yesterday. And they all nodded yeah. in agreement. Uh, and you never really know when that's going to happen. Sometimes... It happened last Wednesday. Sometimes it happens dress rehearsal Thursday mm -hmm. and you get a little panicky. <laughs> like, is it going to happen? <laughs> right, yeah. right, right. But it always does. It always yeah. does. Um, and it's just a magical moment when you just, for no reason that you can really understand, but it's just right here. Yeah. This is when it fell into place. I, I know uh, I was in a, a four-person uh, community theater, a Neil Simon per, uh, play. And the director uh, ran into my mother the next day. We had had about a week left before we were going to be into tech and address. And she told my mom, last night they became actors. Yeah. And hearing that then, that that was, you know, said to somebody outside of the cast being relayed back to me, it's like, wow. And, and, 
I could feel it then too. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we interacted differently, uh, knowing that, that, you know, the director had confidence in us. Right. Yeah. That we were going off. So at what point during the show's run, uh, and, and I'm sure it's obviously different each show, but is there a point during the show or is it the, uh, applause afterward or a standing ovation that makes you go, Oh, it's all worth it. Uh, for me, for me, there are a couple different places. One is that first table read, getting everybody together and mm-hmm. watching it come out for the first time. Because at that point, I've sat with the script for like three months or so, and I have my own ideas of it. But then seeing it for the first time with the people who are going to do it, that first moment just feels so, so good. Um, and then there's that other moment where that we just talked about where there's that one rehearsal where it finally clicks and it starts to feel like something. Uh, that's a wonderful experience. And then after that, you know, curtain call is great because then I, you know, I step back and I fade away and I see all of the actors getting all of the accolade and praise and support from the community that they rightly deserve from all of the hard work that they put in. And seeing the pride on their faces mm-hmm. is what makes it worth it to me, you know. Uh, seeing them get rewarded for the amount of work that they've put in uh, and all the time spent doing what this idiot Brian tells them to. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, those, you know, those are the three times where... where I step back and remind myself, especially after doing this for so long, where it starts to feel a bit commonplace, and mm-hmm. you know, it seem it sometimes you get that mindset of, oh, you know, this is really stressful, or uh, I've been watching the same show for six weeks, so I'm a little bored with it, or um, this isn't as fun as it could be, which happens from time to time, like everything else. But those are those moments where I sit back and I think to myself, I am so ridiculously lucky to be able to be doing this um and those moments just make it great oh man looking forward to seeing this show uh tell us what's beyond this then uh for because isn't this a a historical year uh next year is next year next year so uh once this show closes this ends our 39th Mm -hmm. season uh we have our kids camp this summer june 13 through 18, I think. Uh, I'll have to double-check dates on that. Uh, And then Saturday, July 16th, we have our 40th anniversary party, which we're throwing. Okay, I knew something was coming up. I thought, I I know that there's a a big party coming up. Yeah, so it starts then. It does. All right. So uh, we're going to have Chamber of Commerce ribbon cutting. We have the original proscenium curtain that hung on stage that was hand-painted in the 1920s, which we've found and are going to permanently mount in the lobby behind plexiglass. So we're going to unveil that. Elizabeth Hunstead's going to come out and play for us for a couple hours for some music. (laughs) Dear friend. (laughs) You know, and it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a really, really great evening. And that's, you know, that's going to usher in the start of our 40th anniversary season, which, um, I can't announce until Friday, but right. it's going to be bonkers. It's going to so be really if you go time. to the show this weekend, you'll find out what the 40th season exactly. is going to be. 
Yep. All right. Well, we look forward to finding that out. Uh, always such a great time. So, yeah, I'll even let you say it. It's always... It's always a pleasure. Yeah, <laughs> getting together with you, Brian. And, uh, oh, again, cheers to you, my friend. Cheers. Yeah, and uh, we will be back with more of the Dave Holly Hour, including an actor that's already been mentioned. Chris Andrews is coming up in just a little bit here on the Dave Holly Hour. Hi, my name is Jesse Moffat, and I'm not a piano player. I'm a comic magician and hypnotist. I've been performing for over 20 years. I performed at many events, corporate events, holiday parties, post-prom parties, graduation parties, state and county fairs, festivals, just about anything you can imagine. The funniest thing about the Magic Act is that I use a ton of audience participation, and that can make things really interesting. Put it down the front of your shirt. <laughs> Stop being so, I'm not, my hand won't follow. The best thing about the hypnosis show is that the volunteers and their imaginations really make it a blast. <laughs> Holy crap, dude, did you see what you just did? You could do that possibly to girls. For booking information, go to Jesse Moffat Entertainment on Facebook. That's J-E-S-S-E-M-O-F-F-I-T-T. -S -S -E or call 605-929-0964. With him, every day is a holiday. Once again, here is Dave Holly. Welcome back, everyone. Yes, it always is a pleasure to bring conversations about arts and entertainment, the Sioux Empire, to you. And it's uh, also fun to bring you a new guest. This one we've already promoted because Brian Shipper let the uh, cat out of the bag that... Well, he'd worked one time with this guy, Chris Andrews. But uh, a lot of people have, and a lot of people enjoy that, too, because he's uh, wonderful. You should see him on stage. If you have not, make your way, at least this weekend, you could go down to T, South Dakota, to Boss's Comedy Club, where he is part of Improv Falls. But most recently, he has been part of the Premier Playhouse, and they did the show Lombardi. He was Lombardi. And nailed it. Chris, how are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Glad to have you along. And uh, I tell you what, he, I, I've, I had seen you so often in the Improv Falls uh, and loved uh, what you do. In fact, as someone that has done a lot of improv, every time I saw you doing a scene, I was like, that's the type of guy you want to do improv with. Oh, cool. Yeah, and it, you just, you're so quick-witted and uh, everything that comes along uh, with your actions and so forth, just fantastic to watch. And so then I see that, uh, you know, Premier Playhouse is having this uh, thing called Lombardi. It's like, okay, I'm interested. And I'm sitting there thinking, I'm probably going to that one by myself. My wife really doesn't have any interest in football. And uh, you are in this dramatic role, uh -huh. and you nail it. <laughs> and here's the best thing that I can say about that play oh. is, my wife doesn't care for football. She loved Lombardi. Oh. Well, that was very kind of here. Yeah, you very much. and uh, you did nail that. Uh, I know that you are a Green Bay Packer um, owner. Yeah, <laughs> technically, right? Right. How many shares? One. Uh, well, half of one actually. Half of one. It's it my... is combined with your wife. Huh? Yeah, and she's the actual football fan. Okay. And uh, she was going to go out and get a share, and that was a okay because she's the big fan. And uh, when it arrived, my name was on it too, which was nice, but. It's uh, I'm the I'm the plus one, the and plus then. one in this case. All right. Well, I got invited to the football game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, what did you do to prepare for Lombardi? 
<laughs> you know, what's it like when you, you know, most plays fictional characters. And so you can kind of think of, you know, how you'd like to portray it. But when you're talking about a legend, yeah, you got to approach that differently, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jesse, um, the director, Jesse mm-hmm. Jensen, um, was really helpful with a lot of, um, with a lot of history. Uh, he did a ton of research and so I was able to lean on that. He also was able to, because I didn't know now telling you that I'm not the big football fan that everybody maybe have thought I was. Um, but I didn't know what those iconic phrases were that, what the hell are we doing out here? Mm-hmm. The, 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 none of that and none of that. And so he would tell me, look, you know, this is kind of what we're going for. Kind of a Ralph crammed in Archie Bunker kind of grouchy <laughs> guy that everybody really loves. And, and these are the one, these are the lines that people are going to know. So you're going to have to say it the, the way that he said it, but otherwise it's not an impression, you know, I'm not a Lombardi impressionist or anything like that. So, um, it was left up to me to, to interpret. And I honestly, um, to this day, uh, I, I don't understand why people liked my version of Lombardi because I thought he was just a grump. I, I don't know. I guess he was just people maybe were uh, uh, predisposed to being in favor of Lombardi. Well, I, I, I think guessing. it was the voice. <laughs> uh, in fact, could you do a little bit of it right now? No, man. Oh. I got to turn away. <laughs> <laughs> just yelling at people. In fact, that's what I tell people if they hadn't seen it. I'm like, well, okay, you got the basic gist. But now I, yeah, I, and, and I think some of, some of Lombardi was the worst of me when I'm mad at my kids. So some of that was, you know, like, oh boy, I gotta, I gotta watch that tone. Of voice <laughs> did they, next time. did they uh, attend the show? At they all? did, they did, okay. and and they thought it was, they thought it was fine. <laughs> Good oh, job, yeah. man. Okay, whatever. Said something like that to me uh, the other day. <laughs> <laughs> Can I have some fruit snacks now? Yeah, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> what do you like about being involved in theater? Uh, you know, uh, I love the acting part. And my therapist will tell you that it's because um, I don't normally give myself permission to fully experience a lot of the emotions that a character might feel. So it's nice to me to have permission and have mm-hmm. a situation that's safe to say, okay, I'm going to be angry here and, and I can go full out if the director lets me or I can make it nuanced if that's what's appropriate, but I'm going to actually feel these emotions here. And whether it's happy or sad, angry or whatever, um, yeah, that's that's what I enjoy is is the the art the art of acting, and and um, being around people who are really really good, who step who make me want to step up my game. Yeah. You know what I mean? That I really get a kick out of. Yeah, I I say that about uh, another podcast I'm involved with the uh, uh, not good night theater, but uh, the uh, Midtown Coffee Radio. Mm hour uh that i'm involved in has a lot of good night people in it uh-huh. uh but uh i i always tell people because i'm just the guy that reads the words you know they do the singing and so forth sure. and i'm involved in a few skits it's like if you want to be successful put yourself amongst a lot of really good people right yeah and, and that'll right. help out um what was it like uh in in terms of other parts that you've played then coming up and, and playing lombardi how did it differ for you since, like he said, he really didn't know a lot about it. You know, Lombardi was a was an interesting place. So the, the original person who was cast as Lombardi uh, left rehearsals kind of midway. And so I only had about three-ish weeks. Maybe I'm exaggerating, but it felt like three-ish <laughs> weeks um, of rehearsal before we opened. And so the, the line load was pretty intense, mm-hmm. although it was a one-act. So... 
wasn't really <laughs> wasn't really that bad, but it, it felt pretty bad, and uh, I, the line load felt pretty intense. And then um, that play, I wasn't really very interested in in joining. It was Jesse asked me about it, and I said, "Man, that's really just not my play. It's just not for me." And I had no interest in it. And then when the original Lombardi left, he he came back to me and said, "All right." <laughs> <laughs> you need to come and come join this cast. And, and I was, I, I did it, but the, the, the thing that was special about Lombardi that I haven't experienced in any other show to that level was, um, so a little background, I'm incredibly critical on myself and mm -hmm. on any other place. So don't in this podcast, ask me what I felt or what I think about any other show. Cause I'll be mean. So you don't want to ask me that, but and I'm mean to myself about how I approach it. I'm very critical. And having, uh, being nervous about the line load, uh, being nervous about, do will people really like this guy that I'm portraying? Because I don't like him. I don't want to hang out with this guy. Um, but, but I never heard anything negative or um, uh, everyone was positive and encouraging. I was safe there. From the moment I stepped into it to the last bow, everybody in that cast and everybody in that crew made sure that I knew that no matter what came out of my mouth, because it was going to be, you know, who knows today what Chris, what lines Chris is going to remember. Uh, uh, everybody made me feel really safe. And I did make mistakes. Every show I did. And, uh, and uh, if you're uh, a veteran actor or theater going, you probably saw, oops, I see that mm. something kind of, something happened there. Not sure what, uh, but otherwise I would like to think that because of the other cast members, um, anything that I kind of, uh, tripped up on, they were able to, to, to pick up, to pick me up and carry me through, which man, if you're going to ask somebody to come in and be Lombardi, um, kind of a little cold, you know, with three plus, uh, weeks of rehearsal, and that's the only situation you're going to ever want to step into. <laughs> and I didn't know those people very right. well. And uh, so it really did work out nicely. I try to find things in each of the plays that I kind of learn for myself. And that was that was a big takeaway for me that no matter what um, what other shows I do in the future, man, I want to do I want to be that for another actor that, that they know, hey, man, we're all in this together. You do what you can. I'll do what I can, and we'll, we're in this together. And, and no matter who has the the name of the play as their character name, uh, we're it, they they really just. It, it's a shame how much attention I got for that show. When really, if you were part of it, you knew <laughs> they were all holding me up pretty high. So yeah. that was really great. Did that make you less critical of yourself? Then no, at the end of the no. You were still you're, no. In fact, that's another thing I learned is Lombardi was so difficult on himself. He mm -hmm. only saw the mistakes, and that was one theme. And I didn't know until I had said that line quite a few times in rehearsal. Whoa, I'm kind of talking about myself here. So, <laughs> so yeah, that is one thing that maybe Lombardi and I <laughs> might well, have in common. You know, when it comes to actors and performers in general, uh, being your own worst critic is, is almost a given. And uh, your castmate uh, Aaron Sharp mm -hmm. was that way because, you know, uh, we were in opening night. And uh, I sent out some messages to, you know, the cast members that I knew and so sure. forth, just to say, hey, great job and so forth. Aaron Sharp comes back with, oh, oh, 
come on, you got to come back to another show and give me a better chance. I was just wasn't myself. And, uh, and so I had him on this show and we talked about that. And yes, he's uh, critical on himself yeah, and it, sure. it seems to be the way. I guess. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, again, you, you do get uh, such great work out of other cast members. And uh, you will become that for somebody else, I'm sure, as well. Uh, but, uh, you know, you mentioned wasn't really a play you were thinking about doing. So what is the play you'd be thinking about? What, what's the role? What, what do you aspire to play someday? Man, you know what? I, I just told you that I turned 47 this right. week, uh, last week. Man, I'm starting to think, rethink what plays I should be excited about, you know. But, um, man, I'd love One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I oh. would love Randall Patrick McMurphy. Oh, yeah. Oh, my, or Murphy. I, I did that as an uh, oral intern piece. Yeah? Yeah, in oh. college. Oh. oh, my gosh. I would love to do that. Or, um, or uh, I really wanted to do, for years and years, Rabbit Hole. I really wanted to do that. Yeah, which and, the monstrous little theater just did. Right. And monstrous, man. Those guys... I, I I can not say enough good things about Monstrous. Amazing, isn't Monstrous it? is one of the sh one of the theater companies in town that people must not know of very well mm -hmm. because they do amazing stuff. I love the kind of stuff that they do, but um, yeah, Rabbit Hole, and I, I just missed the opportunity. I was busy right. this time when it was something <laughs> Lombardi, and uh, but yeah, those serious things. So those are the ones that I really like doing, and funny plays too. Those are always fun. But I kind of scratched that itch with improv. Right. You know? So, uh, yeah, those real those real tough ones. I like those. Are, are you uh, one of those when it comes to the old adage about uh, you want to really be you know, challenged or, you know, what's really difficult to do? Yeah. Comedy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> you know? yeah. Does that yeah. fall into your purview? I think so. I think it's yeah, I. I think so. I think I, I, the, the, the deeper, the heavier stuff is things that I just enjoy. <laughs> it sounds really dark and creepy, but I just enjoy that stuff. The comedy stuff. If, um, if you're with a good crew, like I am with improv falls, oh, that no is pretty darn good. Um, then that's a, that's a, it's a joy, man. I mean, the, the practices that we have are just, you know, how do you practice improv? You're just working on the, on the, on the skills, on the get skills, the, yeah, get right, the muscles right. and, Right, yeah. exactly. And oh, well, I don't want to do that again. Let's talk about how that happened. You know, man, these these people are pros that I get to be around. And I was in um, uh, um, To Kill a Mockingbird, and and I w I remember looking over at uh, at one of our castmates, and she was amazing. I played Bob Ewell. She played my daughter, and um, her line was first in the in the in the table read. And I remember she spoke up. And I was like, oh, oh I got to step up my game here. Yeah, I love being around people who are pros at whatever they're doing. And um, that's an example. And I, I, if I were in rabbit hole, which I wasn't, but if I were and up against Mindy, who was amazing, um, I would have felt like, oof, I gotta, I gotta do, I gotta do this right. Cause uh, I'm going to stick out like a sore thumb, you know, if I'm not at least matching that talent. So what do you think you bring to a performance? A lot of sarcasm, uh, a lot of short jokes. <laughs> um, I uh, I think my style is um, relaxed and natural. I, that's what I like to do. Is I I don't want to seem uh, dishonest or um, I don't want to say anything or carry myself in a way that um, a, a normal person that you'd be talking to would would uh, speak or, or do. You know, um, I think that's my big. 
I think that's my, my theme is <laughs> to make sure that I'm at least honest and natural. Yeah. So what made you want to be in acting? Um, boy, that's a good one. I, I, um, I wish I had a very concise answer. I, when I, when I got into acting, it was in high school and, um, it was just the last half of my junior year that I moved it, moved to a high school and had an acting program and, um, got into it and really kind of caught the bug. I ended up not pursuing acting in college. I didn't go to college. I was in the Navy for six years. And the, like almost the moment I got out of the Navy, I, I wanted to get back into a, a play. Um, I, I, like, I like the craft of it. I like the, um, everybody likes the applause. Um, but if we had done Lombardi and just rehearsed it and never done a show, that would have been great. There was something special about the rehearsals too, of uh, just exploring and finding new things and, and collaboratively coming up with how to approach a scene. And, and uh, I like that. Uh, yeah, I guess that's a very meandering way to answer your question, but those are all nice things that I like about you. <laughs> Oh, it's always great to see you on stage. And uh, this Friday night, uh, people can see you in tea at Boss's Comedy Club. Uh, 7.30 start on that show? That's right. Yeah. Uh, it's April Fool's Day, and uh, they're going to be doing improv for fools. Uh, and uh, what do you enjoy about that aspect versus when you're doing your serious stuff? <clears throat> Is, do you consider it a break or just a, an, another part of Chris Andrews? I think it's another part. Um, because both they're, they're different itches that I'm scratching, but man, the improv thing, well, imagine performing without ever having to memorize a line. Boy, oh, that is a, a great thing. That's tough to beat, man. Yes. That's pretty good. And then, um, hence the reason I'm not in community theater of any sort. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. I'm, Cause I'm 59. <laughs> well, yeah. I, memorizing lines is a tough thing. And, and people ask me, how did you memorize all those lines for Lombardi? And my joke is always, how do you know that <laughs> what you heard was all the lines that I was supposed to say? But um, yeah, um, for me, Improv Falls is being with all of those people who are stepping up my game because I got involved in Improv Falls. I don't know if you heard this story. I, we, my wife and I were watching them at Remedy. Okay. And through, like some way through the, the show, my wife and I, Sarah and I turned to each other and I said, I could do this. This would be fun. And she goes, well, actually, so you didn't you have any comedy chops prior to that? No, well, I never, I, I didn't know anything about improv. I'd seen wow. whose line is okay. anyway beforehand, but I'd never like learned it or anything. And, uh, and so she says, well, you should, you should ask if, if you could be a part of it. And I'm like, I'm not going to ask them to be part of their you know, improv. She says, okay, well, afterwards we were saying hello and, and good job to everybody like you do. And, and my wife says, Chris wants to be in your show. <laughs> and, and I looked at her like, oh my God, you know, what, what have you done? This is so embarrassing, but I'm really glad she did because, uh, Debbie was the one who said, you know, let's, let's give him a shot you know, right. and, and bring him in for a rehearsal, see if it'll fit. And I broke all the rules. Oh, I was so bad. I wasn't listening. Oh, you said no games. instead of yes. I said, no, I interrupted. Oh my gosh. It was, it was terrible. And for some reason there was maybe something in there that they said, well, maybe we'll bring this guy we'll work with him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, <laughs> well, you must be a fast learner then. Well, I appreciate that. That's nice. Yeah. Because you are an excellent improv uh, performer in, in my book. Thank you. Yeah. It's and a uh, it's a, it's great to watch and it is so much fun. Uh, and there are a lot of games that I've played before mm -hmm. in an improv group, but 
there's also a lot that you guys have that are just crazy. Uh, I think the, um, the having to, you know, speak gibberish oh, the for murder the murder mystery. Oh, that's so much fun. Oh, man, that thing's crazy. Yeah. yeah. My challenge on that one is I just want to be the Swedish chef every time. <laughs> I just want to go. <laughs> and and I think, Right. And uh, I think people are going to start catching on. Wait a minute. That's the that's a Swedish chef. Yeah. That guy's not funny. <laughs> so I might I have to him. write that for a line from the hat. Right. He's a Swedish chef. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> And you know, it, I hate that one. I hate that that game. Oh my gosh! Because really? I hate that game because, and they all know that I do, and and they're gonna be like, "Oh my gosh, she said it in the podcast." But I don't like it because um, it's taking away from your improv skills. No, or? no, it's. I feel like I've got a hand or pocket full of lines. Let's say I have ten of them, and if mm -hmm. I only get through five of them. There's five people who got disappointed, so I feel ah. panicky that I have to, you know, say all my stuff. And uh, there are other people saying things, and I gotta interject because I gotta say stuff that's in my pocket. And it like, oh, I hate wrestling for time on an improv. You know, let's all relax. Let's all <laughs> we're in this together. You know, I don't want to try to force anything. But yeah, I'm glad to hear that somebody <laughs> really likes that game. I do yeah. I'll relax and uh, just enjoy. Yeah. It. Have fun with it. You know, right, that's okay. the thing. Uh, <laughs> the other thing is that I've been wanting to ask is, uh, you know, who were your influences in acting? Um, well, other those other than the the people I work with who are amazing and put and right. bring me up a level. Um, oh man, I'm going to say, you know, the Daniel Day Lewis's, the Sean Penns. You know, I there's something about Jack Nicholson that he does that his eyes are are never well, almost never wide. They're always relaxed. And um, so it, those sorts of things I look for in actors um, who are amazing. What do me. you think you need to work on for your characters at this point? Well, what I need to work on as an actor is memorizing because that to me is the last thing that I do. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I get into the character, into the plot, and I need to understand a lot of the why before I go, okay, well, if that's why, then now I understand what this line means. And But by that point, it's a little late <laughs> in the rehearsal process. So I got to memorize a little sooner. Um, I and, and not being so darn critical. I, people ask me, oh, you, shoot, are you ever going to be a director? And, and I tell them, absolutely not. I'd be the worst director because I'm so darn critical. I'd be mean. And I wouldn't want to be mean, but I know darn well I will, you know. So, uh, so I guess just lightening up a little bit and just letting people be where they're at and and not expect you know some Oscar performance out of every show, you know, just to I'll, just to be happy. Like you go to all of these shows, I don't go to many shows at all because mm, I hear I for all of the podcast listeners, I have my arms crossed and I'm making a pouty face. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go to that show because I'm not interested. You go to, be, there are people who like you go to just support the arts and mm -hmm. there. And I think I need a little bit more of that, yeah. <laughs> that attitude of just being happy to be there and just, just excited to support the arts and, and, uh, enjoy the process. All right. That, that leads into it. the uh, ending questions that I always like to ask. Um, when you are not in quite often, Question one basically answers question two, but we'll start off with the first one regardless. When you are not part of the entertainment and arts scene, what do you like to be entertained by? Um, big family guys. So, man, my kids are, are first on that list. Um, as far as arts, um, I, I will go to a, a serious play more 
then I will go to a, a comedy. Um, I think it's just, I get more out of it, I think. Um, watch a lot of TV. I don't know. I don't know. Binge watching anything right now? No, no. I am, okay. I am so, um, I'm a buffet watcher. Tonight I'm in the mood for Seinfeld reruns. Right now I'm in the mood for just looking at my aquarium. And maybe later. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? All right, so you mentioned family, man. Uh, tell us about the family. Oh, yeah. My wife, Sarah, and I have been married for about 17 years. Mm -hmm. And uh, maybe it's exactly. Hopefully she never listens to this and corrects my math if I'm wrong. But uh, And then my kids are Evan. She's 13 and Max is 10. And uh, man, that those three people are in my world. That's excellent. Uh, any other hobbies? Doing stuff around the house. I wish I was interesting. I'm not. I'm not. Are you let's, a, let's are make you some a DIY type guy then? I am. And, and every wrong angle in my house will 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 back that up, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, yeah, I, uh, we we're ripping up some flooring now and I've got a room downstairs. It's kind of my I don't want to say man cave because that's so overused, overused yeah. you know, but it's my it's my refuge. And uh, so, yeah, always tinkering with that room to see what else I can I can make kind of cool. Yeah. Those are fun. Anything on the docket uh, acting wise? Uh, we've got uh, Improv Falls uh, Friday night, 730 again at uh, Boss's Comedy in T. Yeah. Uh, but beyond that, uh, anything that uh, on the books or anything you want to be involved in coming up? No, unless if you hear of anybody doing um, uh, the rabbit hole or um, uh, one flow, one flow. Yeah, then maybe that's it. But no, I don't have anything. It's uh, just, you know, the fact that I just focus on improv falls and don't have to memorize anything and get get people. To Life is good. Hey, man, that's all right. man. You can't really mess with that. <laughs> all right. Chris Andrews, thanks for your time. Appreciate you being on the Dave Holly Hour. Thanks, Dave. And we'll be back to wrap up the show in just a moment. Ladies, when it's time to give your nails some love, get that extra special treatment from Quality Nails on South Minnesota Avenue in Sioux Falls. Manicures and pedicures that look great and make you feel fantastic. Zaya and Tony provide professional care for your hands and feet, whether you just want the basics or an extra special look with added flair. Oh, and guys, it's okay to treat yourself too. Quality Nails. Call for an appointment. 605-334-1463. From the Dipsy Doodle Studios at the world headquarters of Big D Entertainment, a 40-square-foot home studio in the middle of America, it's Dave Holly. Thanks again, everybody, for listening. As I mentioned, I will mention the information for getting your tickets to Psychic over at uh, Mighty Course and Arts Players. So here you go. If you missed it earlier, you may buy online www.mightycorson.com slash box office, or you can call 605-582-2771. Again, get out a pen. And if you'd like a Dave Holly Hour pen, by the way, you can uh, buy me a cup of coffee at uh, DaveHollyHour.com and provide your uh, mailing address. I'll send you one, unless you're somebody local that I know I can get it to and save me the postage then. Plus, you know, I might even throw in something a little more fun, too. Also, uh, <laughs> here's what's coming up then. Tonight, late night booming live recording at the Washington Pavilion in the Belbus at 7 o'clock. Now, rumor has it, there's a new character the show is going to be introducing. I can't say anything more than that. Then tomorrow night, Friday, busy. Well, late afternoon, actually, into the evening. It's going to be busy. We'll be heading, uh, in, uh, heading to an artist reception at the University of Sioux Falls at 4 p.m. 
Then, after that, we're going to go over to Van Arts Studios for the Benefit Art Show with Dakota Abilities. Remember we talked about that with April Van Leersburg just a few weeks back? That starts at 5 as uh, this will be not only April Fool's Day tomorrow, it will be the 1st of April on a Friday, meaning first Friday downtown. Lots of fun stuff. And then... We're going to be headed down to T to hit Boss's Comedy Club for Improv Falls. Woo! you got to find something to do for the weekend, too, so get your art on this weekend. Remember, my name is Dave Holly, and for me, every day is a holiday. The Dave Holly Hour has been brought to you by the Sky Lounge and T, XL Chiropractic, Quality Nails, Ale Hop Brewery Tours, and Jesse Moppet Entertainment. If you would like to contribute to the continued success of this podcast, go to DaveHollyHour.com. At the bottom of the front page is the additional links section. Click on the orange button, Dave Holly on Linktree. You can order merchandise, become a Dave Holly Hour VIP, and make contributions to the show. The Dave Holly Hour is produced in the Dipsy Doodle Studios by Big D Entertainment. Thanks for listening. 